Hey guys, welcome to our Sermon of the Week podcast. Today's message is from Chris to pray. If you're interested in partnering with us, check out our app or our website for ways to give. He knocked my glasses down and, and he realized that um, this body doesn't bend as quickly as it used to. And he did the he did the honoring thing and bent down. I really that's the highlight of my day right here. <laughs> Not really. Um, the highlight was that last song. Oh my gosh, was that beautiful? I'm still bathing in it at the moment. It's it's just pretty wonderful. Um, talking to a couple. Uh, a small uh, two-weeker here on, on worship, but uh, one of the things, actually, when you were just saying um, he's been around since Lincoln, uh, I actually led him to the Lord just before he went to the theater, Ford's Theater. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, it was amazing. He was very open. His wife wasn't, but he was. Um, but i just <laughs> been around a while, uh, and just had my 50th birthday in the Lord just a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, <laughs> that, that declares a shout not from you, but from my heart for the faithfulness of God. Um, I've seen too many people uh, go off the skids and, and leave the track and um, end up down some gully somewhere, and, and I just look and go, God, there's so many times that, that that could be me, but you have been so gracious and so faithful. Um, but part of it, because of it, it uh, it's kind of given me a story over time. You, you hang around long enough with certain people, you get a story. You hang around long enough in God, you see what he does, and you have a story. And uh, <clears throat> in terms of worship, um, uh, can you put up Psalm 100? I think I, I, I had mentioned Psalm 100 Um I want to, let me read this to you. It's called a psalm of thanksgiving, but make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. And then it says this, come before his presence with singing. Now, <clears throat> I'm one of those that uh, I believe that when we come together, we come together for the purpose of, number one, God being honored. That's, that's the main thing. But there's so many things when you honor God People are touched, people are cared for, people are seen, people are heard, prayers are heard, uh, prophetic words are heard for prodigals to come home, things are responded to, and then the testimony of prodigals coming. But the idea is when God is worshipped, things happen. When we come together, things happen. That's why it's, it's really important. Um, I, I realize that there are, are situations and opportunities and sickness and different things that keep us away from physically being here. But I want to commend you for physically being here um, because it's so easy in our culture nowadays to not be here, which means that you're not getting connected in a more meaningful way. And so <clears throat> uh, I, I look back over the I, I, last 40, but I say the last 50 years, um, and I've, I've seen this beautiful move of God of people come before him with singing. And I want to kind of go on a little journey. Are you okay with a little historical journey in worship? Okay, both of you appreciate that. Um, uh, 
<laughs> the rest of you, you're going along anyway. So. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but when I, when I got saved, it was 1973. I had hair past my shoulders when it was wet. I know. It's amazing. Um, it was dark brown. It was. It was dark brown. But I don't know if you notice, I'm starting to get a little gray <laughs> through here. Um, <laughs> and I, I came into this church that was a spirit-filled church. I literally went from growing up in a particular denomination where I was, you ready for this, an altar boy. Ooh, I wore a robe. <laughs> it's very cool. And I used to do the incense. And we'd get high off the incense. You didn't know that about altar boys, but if it's strong incense, it would take you to places, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, it'd take you back 2,000 years. Um, and so I, I, come, I come from this, this background, this religious background, get to college, and literally just forget everything there is about being good. And I spend every day with my mind being blown with one form of thing or another. This whole front row is sitting there looking at me so lovingly. <laughs> so, and then, boom, I get saved. And a couple weeks later, I'm at this church. And they, they're just a charismatic church. I walk in. They're singing in tongues. I don't know what that is. Sounds like angels. And uh, it was just an incredible experience. And then I'm invited into this world of worship. There was a college ministry called Founders, uh, and <clears throat> the four, um, it, it had four different things that were that categorized what Founders was about. And it was worship, Bible study, fellowship, and prayer. And <clears throat> I just thought you'd come in, well, it has to be Bible study first. And they put worship first. And I remember going, wow, that's really weird. Worship first. I mean, to me, worship was a service. You go to the worship service at nine. You go to we got two on Sundays. We go at nine. We go at eleven. Those are worship services. Besides that, who knows anything about worship? Because worship is found within a service. But then suddenly it's lifestyle, and I'm challenged as this 19-year-old uh, just coming into the things of God. How do I how do I create a lifestyle where worship is is part of what I do and not just something that I come to? in a building on Sunday morning and do. And <clears throat> so this is a little bit of that journey. Um, in the 1970s, it was, it was all about praise. It was about how many songs you could sing in either D or G and keep going in that chord. Anybody with me on that one? Do you remember those days? I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. And just we go on and on. I was the worship leader. I would do that. And I would D, I'm in D, and I'd find out how many fast songs in D, and then I go, oh, and we just go on because worship was about praise. And then suddenly I'm in this worship service, and this other guy is visiting, and and <clears throat> he gets done with a couple of praise songs. And he goes, as the deer panteth for the water, and I'm like, what? Well, and suddenly it's like I'm listening to this thing as a deer pants for water. I don't pant like that. I, 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 it wasn't about creating something that, that touched 
the physicality of my body to make it move. It was, it was now about a yearning and a longing. Uh, it was just, it was beautiful. <clears throat> and then we, were, we had that going. At the same time, um, we had somebody get up and then they would sing Jesus on the main line. Does anybody remember Jesus on the main line? Who does not? I want to, I, seriously, if you don't know this song, lift your hand. I want to see it. Look around. Okay. <laughs> Jesus on the main line. Tell them what you want. Je now, seriously, Jesus is on the main line. Tell them what you want. That's not too selfish, is it? And then it goes, call them up, call them up, tell them what you want. And we're all going, yes, selfish me, selfish me. It's all about me, yes. Who's going to help me fill my life? Jesus, help me, be me, fill me, touch me. Sorry, that's the who. <laughs> who, yeah, it's right. When, when this group called Guess Who comes on the radio, when I was, kids were younger, I said, guess who that is? They go, I don't know, Dad. I said, no, guess who? I don't know, Dad. I said, no, it's guess who. Sorry. You just, I tell you, when you go along with me on a journey, you never know where it's going to go. So Jesus is on the main line. Tell him what you want. And I'm, I'm now conflicted because we're singing you know, over here, and then suddenly... As the deer, there's one song that's out there about intimacy and inviting me into his presence. Oh, my soul longs after you. Yes, it does after you on the main line. Tell him what. And so I just kind of went back and forth. <clears throat> the 80s introduced integrity music. So we, we had a new level of excellence in worship writing, but the thing with integrity is, and, and I know these guys. I actually sang back up on an integrity song or an integrity album years ago, and they have one of my songs. So I, I know the guys. They're good guys. They're, they're great. Michael, Tom, all the rest of them, they're wonderful, wonderful people. Um, <clears throat> but they, they had one main producer for all their albums, and he liked complicated production. He liked, you know, layers and layers and layers, a kind of a spill, spill spectrum, uh, uh, wall of sound kind of a person. This, this more is, is better. And so you then take that and you put that into the local church, in a local church that has 75 people and four people on the worship team. And now the, the pastor goes, I love this music, do it. We're going, I don't know how. It's too complicated. Well, do it. Make it sound. And this is what I heard from pastors during this time. When I was a worship leader, it says, make it sound just like the record. <laughs> they just spent $120,000 making the record. <laughs> okay, so when you give me half that, <laughs> you know, I'll give you what you want. So we had this, this is the first time I ever saw this, this thing of pastor worship leader kind of butting heads. Because it's create this sound that I like. And suddenly it became about a sound and not about a God. I didn't see that during the, during the 70s. It was so innocent. Yeah, he's on the main line. Tell him what you want. But he's, I got a heart, you know, I like a deer panting. And so it's going back and forth and everyone was in agreement. But suddenly this new thing came in. And it, it created, um, it also created within the congregation that doesn't sound like the record. Actually, I should say, it doesn't sound like the tape. Because <laughs> in the early 80s, all we had was tapes. Well, what about CDs? Not till later. 
believe it or not, it was not the latest. So, oh, so we had. We got the latest Hosanna tape, and you sign up and you get it monthly. Well, that means that within the month, they have to come up with a new one. So they rush, and the first few were great, and then suddenly they all sound like the same thing. <laughs> we lost the heart of worship in the process. The 80s was a great time for church growth and to learn things, and it was a, it was a, a stretching time in worship, but it was also a very hard time because of the demands that were put on worship leaders. I know, I talked to them, they would call me, they would come see me, they would cry in my arms because they knew they were about ready to get fired because they couldn't create the same thing that was on the tape. And suddenly, it, it, worship was not about what this last song said, it's, it wasn't an authentic exchange of affection. Actually, that's one of the things that I wanna highlight is that worship is not you performing something for God. If that's it, then we're in trouble because it, I love God because he first loved me. So if you don't have the first love me part, the second part is impure. Let me, let me put it this way. <clears throat> if you don't like someone, how easy is it to praise them? It's really hard. If you don't know the affection of God, you're limited in your affection toward God. They're just tied hand in hand. You can't get one away from the other. The 90s, oh, by the way, so you had integrity, you had some, some you know, high-level, high-energy music, and you had some, some tender things that came out through here. But also, there was uh, a kind of resurgence of the simple chorus during the 80s. So you had this complex and you also had a, a resurgence of something simple because people that didn't want to go with the complex, they went back to the simple. And we had a song, uh, <clears throat> one of the first times I walked, I had moved um, to uh, Schenectady, met my wife, hi Laura, met my wife uh, and we got married. A uh, number of years later, we moved back to the Rochester area. It was moving back for me, for her. It was the first time moving there. And we walked into the church, and up front, in front of the church, the worship leader was singing this song. <laughs> you ever hear the song, Sing and Praise? I didn't think so. Okay. I look unto the Lord and I joyfully say, sing and praise. Again, D, sing and praise. His blood has washed my sins away. Sing, sing, sing and praise. Now, my sister-in-law, uh, uh, Laura's sister and, and brother-in-law, they lived um, in Asning, I think it was, New York, where the, the prison, Sing Sing prison, right? So here's how the chorus of the song goes. Sing, 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 sing and praise. Sing, 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 sing and praise. Now, again, people, I, want to, I don't want to take away the beauty and the purity that was going on in people's hearts of sing and praise. But <clears throat> all I could think of was sing, sing. All I could think of was, was a prison. All I could think of, and what it brought to me was within me, and I, I have to repent of this at the time, was looking down at simplicity because I was trying to bring the complex in. And I began to lose the purity of my heart of worship. Do you have any idea 
how many comments people on worship teams hear from people that like or don't like their stuff? Do you, <laughs> it's unbelievable. We're not in charge of, of everything. We're not in charge of the sound. We're not in charge of, of how someone else plays. We're not a, it's just an incredible thing. As a pastor, um, I know you hear things. You, you said that wrong. You used the wrong scripture. You, you didn't emphasize this. And it's unbelievable. We're just human beings trying to do what God called us to do so that when we gather together, God is honored. His word is heard. And that our hearts are taken care of. That's the church. That's the simplicity of it. Worship then becomes a part of it. Worship is so, it's so important. But it's important to a lifestyle. A lifestyle of worship brought into a, a room creates uh, a kind of dynamic that can't happen if this is the only time your mouth praises God. And it's a good thing to look. It's a good thing to say, well, gosh, do I take it outside these four walls? Is this the only place where I actually open my mouth? Psalm 100, come before his presence of singing. Wow. So I, put, I get a good almost hour drive here in the morning. And I, got, I just hooked up my phone. I, I pressed it. I said, play Matt Redman. By the way, Matt Redman, if you don't know him, he, he can't write a bad song. He, just, he could try, but he still couldn't. He would just go, no, I got to do it this way. You know, he's just, he's, he's incredible. Just a beautiful writer, very melodic. And I just, for the next 50, 55 minutes, I just listened to one beautiful Matt Redmond song after another. By the time I, I got here, I, I didn't want to, I just wanted to jump up here, but there was nobody in here, uh, which is probably the best time for me to preach. And, and, and I, I, as I'm listening to him, I remember in the, in the mid, late 90s, when I heard Matt Redman for the first time. And suddenly, this world of complex sound and music um, was invaded by a couple of British guys, Martin Smith and Matt Redman. It was invaded by people that wanted to go back to a heart of worship. They wanted to go back to something simple, not simple music. The music was beautiful. It was excellent. But the heart behind it, it captured my heart again. And I was just like, oh, God, thank you. Thank you. I, I, I was, you know, when you're a worship leader, worship pastor, we had three services in the church in Kansas City. I was the worship pastor then for about 10 years. And, <clears throat> you know, they were, I'll just, I won't go into the history. All I know is that they were used to amazing worship leaders before I got there. And the, the, the pressure I felt stepping into that role, and I, just the people that I had to follow, they were, were incredible. They were known worldwide, and suddenly this little guy from Marion, New York, a town of 4,000 people and 5,000 cows, um, <clears throat> is now stepping into this, this role. And I just remember, well, I've got I've to bring the sound that they had. And suddenly I just realized, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm focusing on the sound, not on how God's gifted me. And I had to go back to who I was, how I've done worship for 20 years, at least at that point, and, and find my place again as the deer panting. And that, that, that has become my focus, my internal focus for years, is my heart panting. Is it, it, did it stop? Do I feel it? Do I feel my heartbeat? 
Worshippers, they just have a different heartbeat. You know, people, people that are lovers of something make the best workers about that. People that are lovers in the kingdom make the best workers in the kingdom. Every man and woman, every child, every teenager, preteen, yeah, really? How old? 12? I got it right. I taught junior high, so you just look like somebody I would have taught. <laughs> every man, woman, and child, they got this thing in them that has to worship something. The, the worship of the United States uh, was, will start this Thursday night. You're going, what? Yeah, because uh, the NFL kicks off on Thursday night. <laughs> oh, fantasy football. I know Tom says, easy now. Easy now. <laughs> I, I, I love, there's certain things that I love, certain things that I devote my time and energy to, and fantasy football, awesome. If that's something that, that, that you do. But don't lose the panting heart. Because this country, is you, you worship something. Everyone worships something. Well, I don't worship that. Yes, you do. Give me what you do during the day. Give me one day and tell me what you do during every hour. Give me a week and I'll tell you who and what you worship. And I'll tell you what your life is all about. It's really true. Even fantasy. No, I won't say it. Reminds me of, of geese. In, in the, you know, the time of year, we know that geese come in and there's coming a time where they turn around and they go, they fly south. And <clears throat> What kicks them off? What is it that's in them? Because one day, this, when, you know, one geese turns to another it's just kind of fidgety and what's wrong? I don't know, but I, I've got to go. Well, just behind the tree. They're just no, 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 not that. I mean, I gotta, I gotta fly away. Why? I don't know. Where are you going? I don't know. But I gotta go. And there's something in them. It's like I, I think I have to go too. Hey guys, we're going. Okay. Let's do the V. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why, and, and, but there's something in you that worships something, that moves towards something, that has affection towards something. And that's the thing in your heart. That's the thing within your life. Can you identify that which your heart moves like the deer pants for the water? What, what, what moves you? What makes you take time away from something else that you love because you love it more? Or is it because you're a Christian and that you have to do that? Or you come into this room and you have to make sure that someone sees you. Not just that you worship, but how you worship. I can't tell I, I will tell you. There's a few times since I've been here that, should I go there? I don't mean to feel, make you feel, should I do that? Guy, should I do that? Kelly, should I? Okay, <laughs> Steve. Thank you, Steve. Um, this, somebody, they look over here. I sit, I sit over here. Why? Because I paid for that seat. 
No, I did not pay for that seat. <laughs> I, have, I have done music for so many years that if I sit out here, my ears, it, they hurt. Because of the, the amount, I've literally had huge monitor speakers in my face for 50 years. And, and so it's not that I, I don't hear well, I do. It's just, it just it affects me. So I sit over there. But one of the things that people have said to me, very kindly, by the way, always very kindly, I see you sit a lot during worship. Is there a reason for that? <laughs> so you're watching me worship, okay? And I'm sitting down maybe more than I'm standing up. I'm just being honest with you right here. Yeah, why would you do that? Well, because I don't care about God. <laughs> do you believe that? No, no. I have a, a number of herniated discs in my back. I've had surgery, and I'm supposed to have surgery again. I'm not going to, because then I can't play golf. <laughs> I like golf. I hurt all through golf, but I play golf. Okay? It's, it's lower-level panting, but I'm still I'm panting for the golf course. Okay? I do that. I can't stand. For, you know, you see me moving around. Why am I moving around? Because I can't stand in one spot very long before tears well up in my eyes. So I worship, and I sit down, and I close my eyes, and I just worship. And I lift my hands, and sometimes I just put them on my legs, and somebody doesn't see that. And I don't care anymore. I just don't care anymore. Okay? I, I first had my surgery back in 90, 90. 1991, somewhere in there. And <clears throat> other discs have blown and all sorts of things have gone on back there. And so I've just had to, to be able to worship so that I can do it so my mind is connected uh, as opposed to just knowing the song and singing someone else's words because I memorized them. That happens so much. How are we doing, by the way? You Okay. All right. <clears throat> Again, it's only been a few people that have said something, but the thing is here, they said something in the last place I was at and the place before that. <laughs> How come you don't stand very long? And I looked at one guy back in, I think it was Kansas City, might have been Nashville, but I, I just said, I'm dying. <laughs> he looked at me like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I said, oh, no, that's right, I'm not, I'm not dying. He goes, why did you do that? I said, why did you do that? <laughs> I did, I'm sorry. <clears throat> so if God could come down and say, all right, I want you to worship me this way. This is exactly how I want you to worship me. Wouldn't that be nice? He did. He did. In John 4, he says, the Father seeking worshipers. And then he says, they worship me in spirit and in truth. Okay. He's seeking worshipers, but he's not telling me how. Well, a little bit he did. He says, those that worship me, was, you, you got this memorized. Those that worship me must worship me in spirit and truth. So what, what does that mean, spirit and truth? <clears throat> okay. Here's our flagpole. You got a flagpole. Where do you put the flag? 
What happens if you have a flag but no pole? What's the flag do in the wind? It just rolls on the ground. Can you say, well, the flag is what represents something. It's the symbol of something. But what's the flagpole? It's that which secures, that which, the truth which secures the spirit. A flagpole is really just spirit and truth coming together. The spirit is that which blows in the wind. The truth is what's nailed to the ground. So what he's telling us to do is to come to have a truth in our life that goes so deep. What am I supposed to be rooted and grounded in according to Ephesians 3? Rooted and grounded in love. To know the length, the width, the depth, the height. To know the love of Christ which goes past understanding. Wow. So the truth, when he says, worship me in spirit and in truth, what he's saying is this. Let, let truth go down and be rooted and grounded in the affection of God so that that flag which you wave is filled with what the root brings to it. Boy, I hope that made sense. So when, he's, when Jesus is saying worship in spirit and in truth, what he's saying is this. You have to know the word of God to have the depth that you're supposed to have in worship. He's talking about worship. He's not talking about, oh, they worship on a mountain and they worship in Jerusalem and he goes on and on. We don't worship there. We don't worship there. It's a lifestyle. It's our heart. It's that which we are. It's that which we do. It's not the song, though the song can be that which carries you there. That's what I love about music. That's what I love about writing songs. That's what I love about singing songs is because it's, it's not the song that I worship but it's the song that becomes the automobile. It's the song that becomes the train or the, the, the airplane, whatever it is that's carrying me from one place to another. And, and it, it, the, with the right lyrics, but you bring the right lyrics together with the, the right music, you can change your heart forever. It's unbelievable. Music is very powerful, and that's why God over and over says, come to me with singing, sing, sing, sing. If you go to Psalm 148, 149, 150, it's all about singing and loud and clapping and this and that. And in Psalm 149, I think it says, it says dance before the Lord. It talks about dancing. And, and when Philip this morning is saying, talking about dancing, um, you know, we, we clap. Everybody claps on a, on a certain song, and that's awesome. But there's three places in scripture where it talks about clapping. Psalm 47, okay? Clap your hands, all ye people, right? Okay, so now you have permission to clap. The other two places are for trees. Let the trees of the field clap their hands. So three places for clapping, one for a person, two for trees. Dance, dozens of times. So... It gives us this kind of permission from God to go, and let me put it this way, past the uncomfortable. You're like that geese that has something within you. You have something that I, I'm, I'm called to, to love. I'm called towards something. I'm moving towards something. I don't know what it is. And then finally you find Jesus. You go, oh, that's, that's who it is. And so I will serve him all my life. And we become servants and not lovers. Something strange took place. We forgot Song of Solomon. I know I, I, I've gone all over the place from those scriptures. So sorry, everybody. <laughs> That's back there going, he's not using anything he gave me. Um, <laughs> so, um, but Song of Solomon, it, it starts out in the first verse. Let him kiss me with the kisses of what? 
Is that up there? Oh, kisses of what? Okay. So every night, I would, when I went to bed growing up, my mother would go, I think I shared this one, my mother would f- cover her face with Pond's cold cream. I remember what it smells like to this day. Because every night before I would go to bed, I would go into, knock, knock, come in. I'd go into my mother's room. She was always reading. The, fan, the window was open. The fan was on. Didn't matter if it was December, January in upstate New York. That fan was blowing, and it would blow snow into her room, and she did not care. And I would walk over to her on the bed, and I'd say, good night, Mom. And I would, every night, I'd kiss my mother on the cheek, good night. And every night, I tasted and smelled Pond's cold cream. I know what it tastes like. Not just smells like, I know what it tastes like. <clears throat> That's not the kiss of the mouth. Then when I grew taller, my grandmother, who was short, she'd just come up to me and put her head down like this. I knew what that meant. She wanted a kiss. It wasn't a kiss, it was a kiss on the forehead or the head. She just, love you, I called her Mano. Love you, Mano. Love you, Chris. That's not the kiss of the mouth. The kiss of the mouth is the intimate kiss. There's a big brouhaha right now because a soccer official after the World Cup, one of the officials kissed one of the players on the mouth. And now it's gone around the world. This poor guy, his life has changed the world. I won't say poor guy, this ignorant fella. <laughs> you don't go up to a player and kiss her on the mouth. The mouth is reserved for the one. And when, it's, when it speaks about in Song of Solomon, like, kiss me with the kiss of the mouth, it is two things. The kiss of the mouth, the word mouth is the physical mouth, but it's also that which projects the sound or the word of God. So we come to kiss the word of God. We come to kiss the essence of God. It's, it's intimate. So in other words, God's saying, I am waiting for you to come and kiss me. I'm waiting for you to come close to me, to get so close. Don't kiss me on the top of the head. Don't kiss me on the pond's cold cream cheek. I want your mouth, which means I want to be intimate with you so that when you express love and affection, it comes out of intimacy instead of because you have to. I'm a Christian. I have to sing. I'm a Christian. I have to worship. If you're a Christian and have to worship, you're, you're a sad believer. Because you're missing out on just the greatest thing. I was thinking about all these lovely young people here that I can't go into an analogy. Just pretend. Okay. (laughs) Psalm 2. There's these kings and judges that are trying to come. And the nations want to rage against God and bring him down. And then he says in verse 10... Be wise, O kings, judges, be instructed. Now, he says, be wise and be instructed. That's like Jesus saying, verily, verily. When Jesus says, verily, verily, you go, antenna up. What's he saying? What's going on? And in Psalm 2, when David is saying, God is saying, be instructed and be wise. Antenna go up. It says this, serve the Lord with fear. Rejoice with trembling and kiss the sun. When I say when God comes down and says, how does God want to be worshipped? I'll tell you right here. This is how the heart of God wants to be worshipped. He wants you to come and it says, serve the Lord with fear. Well, the word fear is the word for awe. It's the word for that which is larger that makes you feel 
um, uh, to, to bow down. So it makes, you, it makes you want to bow down because of the greatness of that which is there. It's not the word with fear, um, because in 1 John it says, concerning God coming to him, it's not fear that involves torment. So it's not that kind of fear. You compare scripture with scripture. So this is awe. Serve the Lord with awe. God's up there going, guys, let's connect. I would love it. I, I'm talking like <laughs> I'm God here, so forgive me. Um, I would love it if you would see that I'm larger than you. If you would see me in such a way that my glory would make you fall on your knees to look up. We've lost that aspect. We haven't lost it. Let me put it that way. We haven't lost it. But it's lessened in the church. I remember days gone by where <clears throat> a congregation, as a congregation, we were on our faces. And I love to see that, even this morning, that was going on. We need that. We need songs. Songwriters create songs that, that make hearts go in awe and to the greatness of God that makes you want to fall on your face. You need that without the church being here, in your own life, at home sometime. Just find a, find a spot, find a corner, and begin to, to tell him how great he is. And then watch him massage your heart. And you find yourself on your, your face. Then he says rejoice, but he says rejoice with trembling. That sounds kind of weird. I'm going to rejoice, but I'm nervous. No. The word trembling is, is, this, is the word, uh, the, and the, the essence of that word is, again, I, I shared this here one time. I think it was here. And what's your favorite football team here? Steelers, Eagles. Steelers over here, Eagles over there. All right, then let's go with the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> Sorry. So there I am at home last year watching the Chiefs play. Oh, Philadelphia. Oh, nomine patria fili spiritus sanctus. Sorry, everybody over there. Um, and I'm, I'm watching it, and... I, it's going back and forth. This is a close game. And now we're getting down to the final seconds of the game. <clears throat> and let me do a pretend game here. So your Steelers or your, your Eagles, okay, you're down to the final five seconds of a game. You're on your five-yard line. you got 95 yards to go. That's a long way in five you got one play. You got one play. And the quarterback goes back, and your quarterback, he throws it out there, and guys are running out there. And there's five guys, six guys out there, but they all bang into each other. It bounces off a helmet, and one of your guys just grabs it. He starts running for the end zone, and you're sitting at your home. What are you doing? What was it? Freaking out. No, you, yeah, you're sitting at your house. You're doing this. Oh, look it. Oh, he's running towards the end zone. This is a good thing, honey. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I think, I think I'm happy. Yes, I am happy. Is that what you're doing? No, you're freaking out. You're standing up and screaming, and you're yelling, go, go, go. And then he crosses, you jump in the air, and that's the word for trembling. So rejoice with trembling means this. I give you permission to rejoice and look like a fool. That's what David did. When David wrote the word trembling, what he's saying is, this is how I acted when the Ark of the Covenant got returned. 
People thought I was crazy, but I wasn't. Because I knew that my God, I know the heart of God. I'm a man after God's own heart, which means I know God's heart, and he wants me to tremble. He wants me to know that I have permission to look foolish in his sight. So when in dance again, I encourage you to dance. Just, yeah, but I wasn't created that way. Yes, you were. He wouldn't put it down to invite you if he didn't create you. Now, I understand. I, I, if I dance, I'm in the hospital. <laughs> and I understand that some people physically can't. But maybe, maybe you just need to begin to move. I don't dance. Okay. Then just find a way to move. Your body wants to. Your pride doesn't. And the last one is kiss the sun. Oh, can't get any more. It's Song of Solomon. Kiss the sun. I can't kiss Nathan from here. But when I come down, I'm still not going to kiss him. <laughs> so what God's saying? What's he saying? Well, I want, I want a bowing people, and I want a rejoicing people, and I want a kissing people. And I, I encourage worship leaders all the time. Every time you get up to lead, it's fast, 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 fast. Have you thought about intimacy? You've got the rejoicing down. Can you be intimate? Well, that's just not my style. Yes, but what you're doing is creating one on-ramp for your church. That's it. We need more than that. This morning, we had a smorgasbord of different styles. It was awesome. I, I, I love the worship here. Because it, it gives me on-roads in so many different areas. It allows me to express all three areas of, of my heart. Because you're created the same way. You're not different when someone says, well, that's not me, what you're saying is that, that God made a mistake with you. Or you're better than someone. I don't, I don't have to do that. I, I know this sounds harsh. It's, it's not meant to be harsh. It's meant to be inviting. It's like the person that never, like my father. He grew up with his mother cooking steak well done. Never had it any other way. Then he married my mother. He said, I want my steak well done. So she cooked him well done steak. And she'd take hers off early because she liked medium rare. And then he would pour half a ton of A1 sauce all over his steak because it was too hard to eat well done steak. So he had to have a liquid <laughs> to do this with. <laughs> And then she said, you know what? what? Next time, I'm going to cook it medium rare, and all I want you to put on it is a little salt. So she cooked it medium rare. He put it on. He goes, oh, my goodness. I had no clue it tasted like this. Yes, you've gone 20-some years tasting leather <laughs> covered in A1 sauce. This is steak the way it's supposed to be made. Now, if you're here going, oh, I like well done. Well, God bless you. <laughs> he made a mistake with you. <laughs> no. 
Oh. I've barely gone two out of my five pages. Um, worship means so much to my heart. It's, it's not just a ministry I've had. I, wouldn't, I would never get into something and give my life to it if the life didn't come to me. If I didn't know how God felt about me, it would be a, something I would do out of obedience, but not out of joy. I want to encourage you. There's medium rare steak available for you. If you keep putting A1 sauce over your life just to try to get by, stop. Take it off early. Make it medium rare. Put a little salt on it. Give God time to massage your heart, to find him again. Some of you have been doing church for years, but intimate worship on a personal basis has been off to the side for years because you've allowed someone else to lead you into worship instead of for you walking into a lifestyle of it. Just close your eyes where you are. Oh, Lord. People come into this building and they see our practices. They hear us. They see our hands lifted. If they hang around long enough, they realize that this whole thing of worship is a priority. It's not just a practice. But if we hang around long enough, we find out that it becomes of value. The value of finding you and seeing you, knowing you, it is so connected to how we know you love us. So, Lord, I ask, like when Paul prayed, that the eyes of our understanding would be opened. Lord, I pray that you would open the eyes of our understanding to see the affection coming toward us so that we can be people of affection, mutual affection, an exchange of affection. I appreciate every song that's written for your honor and your glory. But Lord, I don't want to have to rely on other writers to form my words and to create my melody. So I ask you do that in the heart of each one here. You would be the songwriter of our hearts. You'd be the one to massage our heart that like the deer we would pant for your presence. Lord, I ask that the religious aspect of only worshiping in a building would be broken today. That there would be a new liberty and a new freedom to find you in the car, to find you taking a walk. You are available 24-7, not just Sunday from 10 to noon. And so we ask that we'd stop taking advantage of just two hours and that we would take advantage of all the hours in our day. Bless us with the grace to seek you and find you and give you glory in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, we have some people, <clears throat> if you need prayer for anything, let's all stand for a second. <clears throat> you know, and I think it's Second Chronicles 20, uh, Jehoshaphat is uh, directing his army.
And, and he directs them to go out in the front in this battle. You've heard this. I'm sure you've all heard this before. <clears throat> he directs them to go out in front. <coughs> and uh, he says, sing this. Give thanks to the Lord for he's good. His mercy endures forever. Now, wait a minute. They're going to go for battle. And the directive of what they're supposed to sing is be thankful in his mercies forever. How is that going into battle. Let me tell you, anytime you worship, you're doing battle. The enemy hates your voice. He hates your voice. He especially hates it when your voice is giving God praise. And if it's even just a simple, oh God, I give thanks to you. Your mercy endures. You're out in front and you're doing battle. So I want to encourage you this morning that your mouth is a sword. Use it well. Enemy hates when you lift praise to God. If you need prayer for anything this morning, uh, prayer team, come on up. Thanks for checking out our Sermon of the Week. If you have questions or would like to get connected, download our app or visit us at providencecommunity.org.